living the extreme. This week on Reliving the Extreme, we are discussing the episode of ECW from March the 8th, 1994. Ladies and gentlemen, Nate Maxson here with you along with my brother Aaron. Hello. And the one and only Mr. Chad Austin as well is here with us, of course. Well, I'm glad the corpse of Aaron could be here. Hello. (laughs) What are you, Uncle Leo? (laughs) Hello. <laughs> oh, you're oh, you're doing the hello. <laughs> Hate that episode, by the way. <laughs> we are we are talking, like I said, about March eighth, nineteen ninety four, coming out of the event from March fifth, nineteen ninety four, at the ECW Arena, which there is some footage of that event on this show. Um, let me see here. All right, we'll just roll into it. You guys have anything you want to? Discuss before we get into this bad boy. I guess not. Aaron. I think we already discussed. I think we already discussed current stuff. So it's we just did. Rolling, It'll be all right. So I, I do have here the results from the March fifth show at the ECW Arena. Attendant estimated attendance fourteen hundred, standing room only. So we've definitely uh, made leaps and bounds as far as audience goes. Uh, when we talk about shows from a year ago, there were probably what maybe 40 people there i don't know a, a year ago no i mean well yeah i guess i think we were still right. i think we were still in cabrini a year ago though so yeah in all, yeah, fair, in all right. fairness <laughs> in all fairness I, I would say probably what what do you said it was in the in the 1400 range it says it said uh yeah f- uh, estimated attendance 1400 Oof. standing room Oof, only that, does that include the people that live nearby <laughs> um, and the people that work there, <laughs> because I I remember I remember it not being that much. You know, it, I, I would say probably maybe six seven hundred range, mm-hmm. because maybe it's because the way they sat them, because they never sat them like it was for TV, where they right. put them all on one side. You could just do whatever the fuck you wanted, and the chairs weren't even bolted down, so you could just move them, move around. Yeah. But yeah, that's a that's a pretty big number for 1994. Where are you going? The 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 results here. We'll just run through them really quick because some of it actually is, like I said, featured on the show. Sandman pinned our friend Chad Austin in nine seconds, but they uh-huh. do show they they do show footage of that on here. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Hawk beat Mr. Hughes. Tommy Dreamer pinned Jimmy Snuka. Um, nine one one beat Paul Laurie and Mikey Whipwreck, which we'll also get to that. Uh, the Bruise Brothers beat Kevin Sullivan in Tasmaniac when the public enemy ran in and attacked the Bruise Brothers with pipes. A three-team brawl erupted that lasted longer than the match itself. Um, Sabu pinned Mike Awesome to retain the TV title. And after being punched by Terry Funk in a tape fist match main event, Shane Douglas was unable to answer the 10 count and lost the match at 22:46. 
So that was the card from March the 5th. Terry Funk is still the ECW champion. Sabu is still the TV champion. And um, we show we start off this show with footage from that event of 911 in the ring, ready for his handicap match against Mikey Whipwreck and Paul Loria. There's a Paul E. chant going on in the audience. Well, and you just the- ran down the whole entire card. I thought the show was over by now. <laughs> I-, I was getting ready to give you my plugs. <laughs> is, that, is that the new format now, Nate? Is that how we're doing? I was running down the results from the from the March fifth show. Oh, okay. That I'm just sitting there going, what are we doing a show for? Thanks. Ha- have a great week, everybody. We'll <laughs> see you next right. time around. <laughs> I'm the ham bone of the week. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> we will get to that later on as well. But uh, we do see this footage chat nine one one against Mikey Whipwreck and Paul Loria with the double choke slam, and you know what I have to say I wrote there isn't a lot I wrote down here obviously, but the crowd was hot for this like nine one one was over. I'd love to know what happened right before nine one one came out. <laughs> Something had those happen. people amped up. Yeah, I, there's no way. There's just no way that nine one one. Put the crowd in a frenzy like that, where they're chanting ECW 911. I'm just like, 911 for what? In case he gets hurt? Like, <laughs> I mean, he, he, he hasn't been there long enough. Am I wrong? I mean, in thinking this? Or there, there would have had to have been something, you think, right? Aaron, what do you think? I'm thinking probably Paulie probably cut a promo and got them all amped up. And that could be because, like I said, there was there was a Paulie chant. So, Polly probably came out and told everybody WCW and WWF blow and et cetera, et cetera, you know. Dude, I mean. Because they were I, definitely not chanting for 911 in his vest. Like, my only notes <laughs> on this match is that uh, 911's vest is totally varsity, or var- <laughs> 911's <laughs> vest is totally variety club. It's a variety <laughs> club vest. There's <laughs> variety club in it, in my opinion. Him tagging up with what Sandman in a wetsuit. Like, this how are you supposed to be intimidated in that vest? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, dude, I, I thought I thought the open was hot. It, it it was a hot open. I mean, I was I was like I was completely shocked. Like <laughs> in 1994, because you know me being there and nobody knew what kind of company that was, where we were going. And when I watched it, I'm like, dude, these people were hot, and they were hot for 911, and then like, and then literally. They they didn't know who Mikey or Paul was, but they still shit on them because they knew they were job guys. Yeah, you know. And I thought that was great because they they got it. They believed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, boy, and boy, did they get up for nine one one's choke slam. They, they yeah, because normally it was rough. I I, I got to be honest. I I took it more times than Mikey did. And the first one and the second one were okay. But anytime after that, he got blown up. <laughs> and he would literally just toss you. Like, when he, when, however you jumped up is how far he tossed. And, and that, that kind of sucked after a while because mm-hmm. you, you couldn't control how you landed. Right. Well, I'm, I guess we're going to blame the vest for that, right, Aaron? Yes. Oh, the, the fringe? I, I got I got my leg hung up on one of his fringes. It twisted <laughs> me around on my way down. But that th- this was all before the show, right? This was like the opening of the show. So the show hadn't even started, right? Right, right. So the, this, is, this, well, is, this, and, this is a segment where um, Rick Booze 
Big Boogs does the uh, open for um, <laughs> ECW now. It's a 911. Yeah. yeah I, mean, <laughs> I, I mean, even though this is two weeks ago that we, we watched the show, I still looked down and I wrote, did I write Rick Boogs? Like, <laughs> I, I got a Rick Boogs joke <laughs> about, about ECW because the, the generic music is so bad. Well, the thing about this this TV episode is I don't know when the stuff, because there's stuff on here that it wasn't on the March 5th show. They interspersed the two two things together. So it must have been from the TV taping either right before or right after this show. Um, as an example, the next match, we get Joey Styles in the, in the Eagle's Nest. He's waiting for Shane Douglas to come in for commentary. And the next match, Bad Breed versus Johnny Hotbody and Tony Stetson was not actually at the March 5th show. So it was at one of the TV tapings, obviously. Yeah, that was probably the, the one in like the end of January or something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. You're still, we're still playing up the story, what if you want to call it that, of Hotbody and Johnny, Tony Stetson having their, uh, their heat with each other. Um, Aaron, they broke what did up you like think about times. this? They broke <laughs> yeah. up like three times. Like they break up and then they're just back teaming together again. It's just like, ugh. dude, the fact that, the fact that they couldn't they couldn't include Donnie Allen in this storyline <laughs> because they were like all three like Philadelphia like you know mainstay guys. Yeah, they're not getting along. And why couldn't Donnie Allen come out and just keep them all together? And be like, look, man, you know, you know, we're all alumni. Come on, the writing's on. Yeah, the writing's fucked up. The writing's on the wall, guys. <laughs> yeah, we're getting. We're getting we all live in the same apartment. We all live in the same apartment. We can't have this heat. Yeah, why? Come on. Why? Why? Why couldn't they? When you say they saw the writing on the wall, why couldn't they accept that as the angle where Donnie Allen goes to their apartment and goes, "Hey, guys, look." We know we're getting ready to get ready, get rid now. We got to go out with a bang. We got we got to do something big. Well, I, I guess they didn't. I don't think they did. At least when I worked there, I don't think he did anything big on the way out. Shane Douglas during this whole match is is uh, talking about the uh, Rotten Brothers weight problem. Yeah, just a bunch of fat jokes. Yeah, yeah rotten was the word. The, the bad, he said the bad breed had midnight snacks underneath their belly button. Well, that's how you put over a fucking heel tag team that, that you want to be credible. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, good uh, job, Shane. <laughs> but the problem was, was this whole entire thing was an angle match. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about the bad breed. It was about Hot Body and whatever his name was, Strabroni. Well, that's, and that's backwards. I mean, let's be honest. You're, you're, and, and you can, I mean, <laughs> what'd you say? What'd you say, Aaron? He said it was against Hot Body and that Jabroni. I said it's Tony Jabroni. <laughs> it, it was, it was Jabroni, the hitman, Jabroni. Ah, uh, let's see here. I'm trying to, do I have any actual, yeah, there's not a lot of notes here on this match. It was, but it was, um, what I, what I was getting at was it was, oh, go ahead, Aaron. I was just going to say there's a point where uh, Axel Rotten throws a drop kick. And Sandman no longer officially has the worst drop kick in ECW. Like his drop kick's fucking trash. And then there's a point in the match at like nine minutes and fifteen seconds, which shows you how much how how long this match was. You know how long the match uh, was. I, I know where I wrote down the timestamp where I saw this because Hot Body stiffs the fuck out of Axel Rotten with a clothesline. 
stiffs the fuck out of them to the point where like Shane was making all them fat jokes and everything. But when that happens, he's like, holy sh-, like Jesus Christ. Look, like, I, I, like, I'll tell you what, I, I don't think Axel, Axel's not a known badass guy. Like literally he's universally loved, always mm-hmm. was universally loved. And I don't think Hot Body went out of his way to stiff Axel because even though Axel is a is a is a good you know good natured guy, he's still a three hundred and twenty pound dude. You know mm-hmm. that you know he, he he's from Baltimore, so he knows how to scrap. So I don't think Hot Body took liberty. If he did, then then fuck, and then Axel was a bigger pussy than I thought he was. But I didn't think well, that maybe Axel punched or something. But but he cracked the shit out of him with that clothesline it was pretty rough. oh he pro- yeah i mean axel axel can work stiff that's that's not a bad that's not a problem axel ain't got a problem working stiff he never has the and the only other note I have, the only other note i have is that ian rotten is incapable of doing anything off the apron like everything he tries to do off the apron just looks like shit yeah anything ian that looks rotten. decent anything that looks decent off the apron like he doesn't, he doesn't even know how. Like, just imagine if it was a pay per view, and he, the the action spilled out to the floor, and then Ian piles out to the apron. Only thing he does was 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 move his hair to the side. <laughs> it's like it's like watching a trash bag hit the ground. <laughs> yeah, he literally just he, he runs and just flings himself at you. Like it's like it's the most non impressive. Like that that dive is usually gets a oh shit or a, ooh. Mm-hmm. But now when Ian does it, it was it's always like a why the fuck you do that? Oh. <laughs> or like, oh. <laughs> okay. That I'll I'll sort of he's trying, trying to do something. Yeah. He's trying to do something. That's cute. <laughs> I'll take all. Oh. <laughs> 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 the, oh. That 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 that's exactly what I do when I watch Monday night. Oh. Well. <laughs> I I sit here and watch it. And Jess keeps saying, "Why do you keep watching?" And I said, "Because I love it. Because it's so bad. Mm-hmm. It's but like, it's actually gotten to the point now where it's so bad that I can't actually make fun of it." it you're right. It's like a it, for a while it was like a wrestling show being a bad parody of wrestling, and now, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, again, I've said this before. I watched the 90-minute Hulu version, and I fast-forward through that. I have no idea how anybody could make it through three hours of that show live. And how they draw people at it. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, how? I don't even know. I don't even know if I'd want to go see it live. What? You know, like, it used to be cool to go to Raw or SmackDown or whatever. I don't know that I'd even want – I'd go to a house show still, but I don't know if I'd ever want to go to a TV taping. No, <laughs> I, I mean I, I can't understand. I can't understand who wants to go see this. I I don't fucking know. I, I don't understand. I mean, I, the WWE universe keeps saying how they have like fifty-five bazillion people. They got people that live on different fucking planets that are subscribers <laughs> to their network and shit and everything. And I'm just like, who watches it? Well, I I watch it, but I watch it and I just stand there and just stare at it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and, and I wonder if my marriage is in question. You find yourself drooling a little bit, yeah. Yeah, like I'm thinking, like, how many more hours can I subject my wife to watch this before she finally says that's it? Got to take you and your Portland wrestling out of here. <laughs> Hit the bricks. <laughs> it's it's brutal. But anyway, what what what's more brutal 
is uh um after the after Ian and Axel were killing these fucking two guys, which I wrote was a doozy. Didn't we get like a um an update on the wonderful Miss Peaches? Yes, we got more of the uh, more. We got uh, some repeat of that awful video from last time. Yeah, yeah, interspersed with um, then some footage from the March 5th show of the Sandman, the Sandman giving Chad Austin a DDT and pinning him in nine seconds. Well, I, I was, I was, uh, I was raw. Yeah, I know ECW has different rule sets where your, your shoulders don't necessarily have to be on the mat to be counted three, but <laughs> let's be honest. Sandman kicked me below the belt, but DDT'd me, and my shoulder was completely up. Like even before the two count. It's twenty twenty one, and this this finish is still disputed. Well, yeah, it's like the Montreal screw job. Because if if I want to get a job at Walmart down the street, I got to put my resume on there. I got I still got to explain why I lost to the Sandman in ninety four. <laughs> and you're like, I didn't, I didn't lose to the Sandman yes. in ninety four. And the guy's <laughs> like, but the record book says you did. I, I gotta go pull up, pull up it off my phone. The Peacock Network. It's a whole to do. Hope it loads, <laughs> dude. That that was like I don't even remember that match. I swear to God, I if you would have told me that I was in the ring and nothing happened between me and Hack, I would have said that's what I thought would have happened. Mm-hmm. I literally would have thought that because I'm like, there's no way I don't remember any of this. You know, mm-hmm. there's no way that me and him had a match, but then. It actually really wasn't a match, right? Yeah. It, did you guys notice the "ditch the bitch" sign in the in the audience? Yeah. Oh, no, this I is was, the. Uh, I was too busy getting planted. This is the uh, basically the unveiling of the new Sandman to the ECW audience. Um, they, oh, so I was I was partly responsible for that. Yeah. You were the Look first guy it. for the new Sandman. The whole match is in black and white, which I didn't remember that. I don't know how many times they do that. I don't know if that's a thing they do going forward for a while or what. But yeah, this whole match is in black and white. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me if the Sandman wouldn't have had to beat me up so bad, he would have never turned heel on his wife and left his family. It took yeah. him beating me so up. It would have out there with anybody else. That Sandman gimmick would have flopped right out the bat. would have never <laughs> had it. So Sandman <laughs> owes you his career. Oh, see, I I, 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 I got to add that to my resume. <laughs> I got the Sandman over. The first 911, now Sandman. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who's next. I mean. Oh, you made Pitbull, too. You got him his start. No, that's Pitbull yeah. 1, I think. Pitbull, that, uh, I, mean, I, I meant Pitbull also. I'm sorry. A, we, I, got, I got a Pitbull over. A Pitbull, yeah. <laughs> one of them are really that over. Well, Peach that, is that coming. Was, that, Snooker that was, was me getting people Snooker was floundering. Snooker, Snooker was, was floundering. floundering until he got ring at you. Oh, dude. He, 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 had, he, he was his career. Clearly, you guys saw the match. We reviewed the match. He was lost. He was confused. He had no idea how to TCB that night. He, yeah, he didn't. He didn't know where. He didn't have any direction. He didn't know where he was going. Yeah, of course. I mean, now I know what my job was in ECW was to work with these guys and get them on the right track. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> mentally, you know. And, and Jimmy, I used to, I used to show him where the gym was. <laughs> it's, it's down there. Remember in the NWA when Josephus had his spiritual guide? Chad, that's what Chad is in ECW. He's a spiritual guide for these guys, bringing them along. Oh, yeah. Is that what I was? So 
after the fact here, Peaches comes out, and uh, we get Sandman. Like Aaron said, he's he's getting his attitude now. He grabs her by the wrist, and then um, Tommy Cairo comes out to get in the middle of this domestic event and gets a gets a DDT by the Sandman for his efforts. And this is kind of the, I guess, the beginning of the what's to become the Tommy Cairo Sandman angle. Yeah, um, Tommy Cairo. <laughs> <laughs> He somehow seems to fucking find out where he, uh, where the ECW arena is. I mean, I'm not sure he was asked to be there, but he somehow finds it every month. <laughs> Aaron, well, I mean, uh, I just like I said, uh, this is like this was like the coming out party for the Sandman character, and I am looking forward to the things to come because the Tommy Cairo Sandman feud is actually pretty fun. Like, I enjoy it. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I think you're right. I think I think you know I I haven't seen it in years, but I think I think you're I think it is pretty. I mean, especially for this time, if you think back to this time in wrestling, I agree. It was, it was different, you know, and um, it was kind of pushing the envelope a little bit. And, yeah, I liked it. It was like in the '80s, they you would always have it, there would always be hints. There would always be hints that Macho Man might be. Something on, on Elizabeth or whatever, but when you get Orton into this, Logan. yeah, and when you get into this, uh, this uh, Sandman Peaches angle, they don't, uh, they don't, <laughs> they don't beat around the bush as far as that goes. You know, it's it's just well, out there. Well, the time to beat around the bush. <laughs> Jesus, that's what got Peaches. him in trouble. <laughs> 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 Up next on the show. The Bruise Brothers are in action against Hack Myers and who the hell was that other guy, Chad? Do you know? Oh, yes, I do. I, okay. I thought it I was don't. Kathy Griffin. <laughs> I thought it was Kathy Griffin. <laughs> At first, I was like, is that that Red Tyler guy that used to do jobs on the WWF in the 90s? But it wasn't him either. Well, he used to do jobs in the WWF in the 90s, and he used to do jobs in WCW in the 2000s and 90s. But that was my good buddy, Hollywood Bobby Starr. Was it really? I did not even recognize him. Well, how could you? He was he was too busy getting thrown around the fucking ring like a rag doll. <laughs> like, I, I mean, his parents wouldn't even recognize him. I'm not even sure if the, if the authorities showed up after the crime, they would have recognized him. Bob Bob was Bob was a, a guy like I don't know. He he came along a few years before me, even though we're the same age. Mm. He came around a few years before me. And he started doing jobs, and he considered, I'm working for the WWE, I'm working for the WCW. And we all were just like, no, but you're just doing jobs. But this dude got to work Jushin Liger. He got to work Ricky Steamboat. How do you fucking argue with that? You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm yelling, I got, I got to work Adam Flat. I mean... Uh, Keenan Creed. I, I worked Keenan Creed, you know, but no, but he, uh, he got to work everybody down there and they all loved him. And when I, when, when he got me in down there, well, I'm not even sure he got me in, but when I went down there, like everybody loved Bobby mm-hmm. and he was great, but he had no idea what ECW was about. He mm-hmm. was expecting to go out and do the, do the hotel tour, you know, kind of thing. And then go out there and like, yeah, but when the Harris boys beat the shit out of them, um, Dwayne Dwayne's not a not a slackhead. Gilbert, you know, he'll fight back. 
Mm-hmm. Bob is not a bad. They beat the stuffing out of Bob. They threw him around, dude. I, I bet you people left with fucking red hair as souvenirs. <laughs> it, it, was, it was like sucking the guardrails and shit. From where they were trying to like bust open the guardrails. Yeah, my notes, my notes, literally on this match are the Bruce Brothers beat the shit out of these guys, and then a double boot for the pin. That was my entire notes for the whole Dude, match. I mean, I, I know I've said it the past couple weeks, but just how great would it have been if the see now the ice cream man's not here? Then now the neighbor's beating his kids. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's the Too neighbor much money on the yeah, I'm not getting involved. It's, <laughs> I, I I got too much going on here with the Bob Starr match. Uh, if the police if the police try to subpoena this podcast as evidence, yeah, you blame Bob Starr. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Bob, Bob, he couldn't have um he couldn't have waited for that weekend to end fast enough because I I think he I think he wrestled once or twice afterwards because you know that whole entire weekend was a TV taping, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it was like TV t- TV's being taped, and Bob wrestled a couple other times, but I don't think he had it so bad. I think he may have wrestled the fucking Rock and Robin, whatever his fucking name is, and um, and a couple other guys. But yeah, the Bruce Brothers are the ones that beat the shit out of them. And I remember watching on the monitor, and he's going like, "Bob's a close friend of mine." Just going, "You're a fucking idiot!" Like, like watching him getting beat up like that. Like, he didn't do anything to fight back. Not that you're going to do a whole lot to begin with, but mm-hmm. at least show something. That's what I was going to say. At least during the match, Hack did. Hack, Hack threw some, you know, he threw some haymakers or whatever yeah. and tried to... Yeah, he just wasn't going to let Ron or Don or, or Billy and Bob throw him around the fucking ring like Bob did. And, like, Bob never takes them bumps. He never takes them big-ass bumps like that. And they were hip tossing up and down the aisle, and I'm just laughing, going because every time I worked them, it, it was hard enough to get me to, for him to take a shoulder tackle and bump. But yeah, that 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 to me was special to me because I I popped I popped huge for it because I love Bob. He's a personal friend of mine, but I just knew he was in for a world of hurt, and he was indeed. Oh, yeah. Do you think he knew it going? Do you think he knew it going in, or it was just like a the first shot was just like fuck. It was just out of no. no, no. I think I think uh, the the way the way that it was posted, it was probably posted on the door that you walk out, like the door, like you know, right where they had that big that big fucking floral arrangement thing mm-hmm. where you walk out of the curtain. Like that yeah. was a that was a prop in the locker room. Like they found it. It wasn't anything that they put there. They just found it. And thought, oh, that's great. And yeah, he he didn't he didn't fucking he didn't know. And <laughs> I, I I wasn't even about to smart him up because he thought that this is like WCW at Disney, you know, where he's gonna wrestle like fucking you know Steamboat or somebody. But no, no, he didn't. That is not how it turned out. <laughs> the next match on this uh, show, we have Kevin Sullivan and Taz defending the ECW tag titles against a public enemy. Um, this is this is interesting to say the least. There's a uh, there's a lot going on here during this match. Um, Kevin Sullivan's wearing out Rocco Rock with a hammer. Uh, Taz puts Johnny Grunge through a table at one point. Um, Aaron, 
You want to delve into this? Sorry, you want to delve, delve into this thing? Yeah, um, it, it was just a um, ECW style match. It was inter- I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was entertaining. And um, it, this show, after the uh, <laughs> Bad Breed, Tony Stetson hot body match, actually starts to kind of look like what we're talking about with the ECW evolving and becoming what it is. It's like, okay, like they're looking at us like, Oh, maybe this is it. And I know they're going to let us down. That week's going to be terrible, but <laughs> I just, these couple segments, Sandman thing, everything like that. It's like, Oh, this is what, this is what ECW is. And like, mm-hmm. like I said, next week we'll probably get like Sal Balomo versus fucking metal maniac or something. Yeah. It's like, oh. this is, Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Cabrini, Cabrini memories. Yes, Cabrini's like a bad chili dog. You know, it just keeps coming up. It's like, it's like ECW's wrestling at the chase. It's Cabrini memories. ECW's wrestling at the chase. And going back in time to Cabrini. Oh my god! <laughs> if if they did a re, if somebody like Mikey did a reunion show at Cabrini College, wrestling at the Cabrini. <laughs> yes, the Brini. <laughs> They just call it the Brainy. The, the Brainy. Yeah, I love it. The Brainy. <laughs> the finish, well, we of, the finish mean, of this. Enough, there's, there's enough people that live around Philadelphia that we could get. We could get. We can get Mike. I mean, um, Stevie. We could get Shane. Yeah, we can get. A, we can get uh, Meanie. Yeah, we can get enough people to do a show there. As long as AEW doesn't like, sign them like, up first. It's, it's like it's like Vince <laughs> yeah. said that his dad always said. You know, his dad always said the God and is the God and it's like the Brini is the Brini, you know. They can make it, yeah, make it anyway. it's the it's the fucking karaoke hall. <laughs> that's what Sal. That's as I say. That's what Sal said, Aaron. The Brini is the Brini. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Oh, anywhere. <laughs> What's the matter, you? You just gotta love the kids, and that's all you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's that, that's what his probation officer needs to look into. <laughs> that, that he loves the kids. I don't fucking like kids. <laughs> the finish of this match has the Bruce Brothers coming out and getting involved. Rocco, Rocco essentially gets booted on top of Kevin Sullivan to get the pin. So they kind of win the match by accident, but the public enemy win the tag team titles. Yeah, well, um, I didn't get anything out of this whatsoever. <laughs> nothing, nothing stuck out to me. Nothing... Like was like I mean Kevin Sullivan was terrible as usual, but you know at this point you've come to be used to Kevin Sullivan, um, and then you got Public Enemy who aren't any good to begin with. So you only got as is the only guy you focus on, and what is he doing? All they're doing is punching heads, you know, around the ring and shit. Yeah, it, the match didn't do anything for me whatsoever. Aaron? It was kind of fun. It was funny at the end though, like after they lost, because because Taz did like the crying. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was, was almost like but Taz did it anyway Taz was like Aah. I was crying Taz isn't mad that, Taz wasn't mad that he lost the belts or whatever he was just mocking the he was just mocking Sullivan I, I like I said I didn't I didn't dislike it but it was like Chad said there wasn't anything special about it, but it just kind of was what it was. Kind of a lame finish, but he's got the belt off of Taz and Sullivan. I think Sullivan's probably gone here soon, because I think he starts getting more involved with WCW. Mm -hmm. Well, this is 94. (coughs) 
So, yeah, I would say, oh, my God, March 95, that was a pretty much a big year for WCW, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, he's... yeah, I guess, I guess he was probably already on loan, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, I think, like I said, I think around the, well, we're getting to, we're getting to a couple of months here from when Terry Funk's going to be working ECW, too, or WCW, I'm sorry. Also, and yeah, and Sully, Sully was already doing double duty. I, like, what I mean is that I think this is when Sullivan started getting more involved in like the actual backstage shit of ECW or WCW. I think, I think that's probably why they're winding him up. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that this was just him fulfilling the rest of his dates, and and while he's there, he's totally gonna fucking scout down it, you know. <laughs> Why, why wouldn't I? Like, I'm going to work yeah. here and then work in a bigger company and that needs talent and I'm not going to look at anybody here. I, I'm just shocked that oh, yeah. he, didn't, he, didn't come, he didn't approach me. I'm flabbergasted. But, uh, um, but, uh, I lost my. That's all I got. Yeah, see, I threw you off track with the, I can't believe WCW didn't take a look at me. That I threw you off track. I lost my notes about why <laughs> WCW didn't. Take a look at me. Yeah. Why do you think they didn't take a look at you? Because they didn't see me. Nobody nobody showed me, showed me to. Um, and then after all of this, uh, Jay Sully tries to interview the public enemy. He's chasing them in their car, and they jump in the car, and they drive away. Really, really. He says, back, he says back door twice, too. He's like, I'm here at the back door trying to get the public enemy coming out the back door. Yeah, and they drive away really fast. I was kind of hoping the car would get stuck in reverse, honestly. But it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that another crappy ECW car that they used at the production place, like a Mazda RX-7 or something? What <laughs> you know? Wasn't that another like? How many crappy cars? Did, you know, what, what kind of money do these employees make at the studio? They got to use a Ford Escort to make a quick getaway in. <laughs> And then they, they they literally left the building like they walked out of the building with the title. Mm-hmm. And then they they got in that car and drove away. Probably didn't make it but a block before the. Before something blew, but yeah. still, we, we the check engine get... light came on. Yeah. Oh, Johnny! <laughs> oh, Johnny! Oh, we, we blew a gasket. There's <laughs> cooling everywhere, Johnny. There's there's cooling everywhere. Man, Johnny, we're running out of gas. <laughs> I told you, ninety nine cents was not really what a gallon cost. <laughs> I, I can totally, I can totally see that. They, they they missed the boat on them on them skits. Yes, they did. <laughs> Just those two with a bad oh, transmission. Oh, those, yeah, those two with a bad transmission is a half an hour right there. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could do spots for all kinds of local automotive places. Shift, oh, Rocco, shift. Oh, Johnny, <laughs> you know that car we stole the other day. Which one, that Monte Carlo? Yeah. Well, it's got a bad transmission. So you know where I'm going to take it to? Tony Rocco's transmission. <laughs> and, you know, down in Munford. <laughs> I could totally see him just selling that. Oh. Jay Sully said you got to go down to the tracks. That's where that's where you blow a tranny. That's where you want to go. That's what he told us. Every time Damn, he blows gonna, a tranny, it's on the tracks. That's a double <laughs> entendre there. He's, he's going down to the tracks, which he means he's gambling. And then now he's trying to say he's going to end up fucking filleting a fucking person. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, I, I just wanted to make sure that's what you were saying. In your window, out your window, right, Aaron? It is. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, we yeah. do. We do get a promo with Kevin Sullivan and Taz after this. Um, Sullivan talking up 
a surprise or what have you. And woman, woman brings in Crash the Terminator. We all know that's Bill DeMott. But she brings Crash into the scene and uh, just some crazy cackling from these guys and everything here. I thought it was weird, though, because at the end of the match, they they cut away from it quick, but they started showing dissension between Taz and Sullivan. A woman came in, and I think she was going to slap Taz or whatever. But now we get to this promo, and everybody's happy again. So, But uh, does Crash ever actually work on TV after this? I guess we'll find out, but I don't I remember. think he does, yeah, because I think Crash was there for a while, a few months. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I became friends with him only because of the fact that I think we worked shows that we weren't we didn't work on. <laughs> we, we just sat in the back and ate. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I became friends with Bill, and because I, I, a lot of the guys didn't know who he was, mm-hmm. and that and that's kind of rough when you kind of get brought in and you're getting brought in under a, a high position, you know. At, like, at this point, I, correct me if I or. Help me with my history. At this point, had he already done Japan tours, or was he just coming that's, out of? Is like okay because I know he, he was there. I think he got his start in ICW, didn't he? That was where he started. Was oh, ICW? Yeah, but yeah, but and then, he, he was in. He got in ECW because of when? Okay, because we, we, we've already we've already covered um, when the wing guys were there, right? Mm-hmm. Or that not happened? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we've already covered that. So he was the American gaijing that was there that um, they brought him over. And then Paul was like, all right, well, this guy's great. And then he brought him in and he lived in, he lived in New Jersey. So he wasn't even a trans issue, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even know how me and him became friends. I guess we just ended up being at the building like an hour or so before the building like did, and opened or anything. And we just ended up hanging out, but. Yeah, he, he's a good guy. I, I love Crash. I love his wing stuff. Yeah, that's why. That's why, why he, he liked me because I knew him from from Wing. Because mm-hmm. I was telling him about like the, you know the bed of nails and all that stupid shit <laughs> that, that Aaron would never do. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. But it's like you said though. Um, like you were saying, like Sully was like scooping up talent or eyeing talent from ECW. I mean, obviously he did that with. Uh, Bill, because as soon as as soon as he started doing the Dungeon of Doom shit, he brought Bill in. So yeah, Sully knew what he was doing. Sully, not Jay Sully. Clarification. I'm just All trying right. to figure Sorry. out why did you just waste fucking 25 seconds of this show to try to say that Jay Sully was the guy that discovered uh, whoever the fuck <laughs> you just said because I couldn't believe you said it. <laughs> Jay Sully can't even find the back door. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting there going, I'm, I'm boggled going, Sully? What the? <laughs> I forgot that Jay Sully is <laughs> yeah. something. I didn't even think about it. The only thing Jay Sully can find is his way to the building. <laughs> he he seems to keep showing up until they, they either revoke his license or change the building. The last match on this show has a... I was Cabrini. They, that, I heard that was the whole reason they left Cabrini. Was they were like, we're going to leave Cabrini. Nobody tell Jay Sully. <laughs> Nobody tell him. Still, but he's, he's, still anyway. <laughs> he's still in the locker room. I bet fucking Hunter Q. Robbins told him where they moved to. Both fucking of them. Stooge. What a what a stooge. <laughs> they're both at Cabrini, and people the, are just, uh, people are just working around them. Like they don't know why they're there. They just they just they just keep walking around them while they're just sitting there in the locker room, and they're just waiting to go <laughs> on. They're like Dennis Stamp. They're just waiting, <laughs> <laughs> they're just waiting for the call. 
I know they're going to call. <laughs> I love that. Jumping on their trampoline with their little baby weights. Yeah, well, <laughs> I wouldn't get so I wouldn't go so so far as saying that. Even you, yeah, you you get the picture. <laughs> the last match on this show is Hawk Road Warrior Hawk against the Pitbull, and um, well, I mean it's not pretty. No, nah, at one point either. At one point, Pitbull gives Hawk a clothesline that he completely no sells. Uh, surprise, surprise! Uh, Hawk hits a pin or gets a the clothesline off the top rope for the pinfall. Of course, any uh, comments on this match, guys? Because those were my only notes here. I knew what it was going to be going in, and it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. I mean, Aaron. I mean, if you have anything to say, I really don't have any much to say other than, oh boy, it was finally the payoff to their big epic WCW feud between Hawk and Jason. So we got that paid off. That's good. Well. I mean, I'm glad that that happened. I'm <laughs> glad they settled that score. And the aftermatch here has lots of things that don't make a lot of sense. The public enemy attacks Hawk. Taz and Sullivan come out, get involved. Shane Douglas comes out and attacks Kevin Sullivan. And uh, then Terry Funk comes out with a ladder and goes after Shane Douglas. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I don't either. Like, I'm, I'm watching it going, I have no idea what's going on here. What is this? I almost think that that Paul called in like a remodeling company when, when everybody started coming out with all the fucking tools and stuff and lat. I'm just thinking like, what is Paul going to do? Some renovations? <laughs> like, did he, like, what, what is that ladder that Terry Fox got? So somebody can finally take down that hideous yellow ECW sign. That's what oh. that ladder's for. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't a fan of that either. I, I, something tells me that something went wrong. There, well, there's been a few times since Paulie's taken over, and you guys tell me if you think I'm off base. We all know that he's trying to do something different. We all know he's trying to present ECW as as this hardcore federation, and that's good. But I think there's times where at the end, if you notice, it's a lot of times at the end of the show he tries to get this chaos going on, which. I see what he's trying to do, you know, like, oh, my God, anything can happen. Look at this chaos. But in a way, it's got to be controlled. You have to make it make sense, you know, and and I think later on he figures that out. But this is the beginning of those, like Aaron's talked about before, we've discussed before, there are ECW shows that you watch from going, say, like 96, 97, where the show starts out with an opening match, and it's just continual action for two and a half hours until the end of the main event. It never lets up. There's always a run-in. There's always, you know, and I think this is the beginning of that, and Paulie just hasn't found his... It's AEW. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. That's absolutely right. And it's not, and I'm not saying that it's wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's right. I mean, it depends on what your perspective of pro wrestling. Right. I'm not. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I like it. Like I love. Like I can't wait to get done with you two fucking goose and a little um, <laughs> and go in there and watch AEW um, in a minute. But uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it, it's way more, much more anticipating to wait for an AEW show. Then sit here and go, oh my god, babe! After this last episode of Alice, it's eight o'clock on Monday, and we're gonna watch Raw. <laughs> Can we just watch Alice again? Yeah, dude. I mean, thank God they had a Labor Day marathon of Alice. It was on for forty-eight hours. I watched every. Oh. I, re- I watched every episode. Florence Jean Castleberry, kiss my grief. <laughs> well, Aaron, we'll start with you this. This week on the... Actually, no, we won't. Well, yes. First of all, Aaron, tell me what you thought of the show. Give it a grade of some sort or no grade. Uh, I gave it a D plus. 
I thought it was, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. It was just kind of there. And like I said, there was elements of what's to come with ECW. There was some cool shit in there, but for the most part, it was kind of a, was what it was. Yeah. Like actually, I kind of liked 911 stuff. The crowd was hot for that. And the, yes, the they were. Cruise Brothers, they had a good brawl. And yeah, I mean, and Bob got was, beat up. That's, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, you got to see a good so ass Jeff, kicking. You got, to, you got to see a title change and and a brawl at the end. That even though it didn't make any sense, it was still a brawl. So I mean, it was it was a D plus. That's a solid. That's a solid grade. That's kind you of know, where I or, yeah. There, Nate. Yeah. Well, I, I was I was exactly with Aaron. There were to me there were there were some highlights in this show um, of, of things evolving. And, and like Karen said, they'll let us down again. Cause we say it every week. Oh, look, we're getting there. We're getting there. But um, I, I agree. I, I say D plus cause it was uh it wasn't a terrible show and it was just Dick you said here and it was just kind of there. It was there. It served a purpose. It didn't ever lose my interest, you know? So yeah. Yeah. But it never gained your interest either. Yeah. True. <laughs> true. It was, <laughs> it, it, it was just, it was there. Like, if your wife was like, "Hey, will you put them fucking dishes away?" You know, will you do? Will you do this? Okay, well, I'm going to leave ECW on in the background. <laughs> okay, whatever. Just do something besides watch this crap. So the is, most is it, is it my turn? Yes, and then we need you to tell us the ham bone of the week. Well, I mean, after the helicopter flies over my house now. <laughs> If it's not the ice cream man, it's the helicopter guy. I I, I gave it a fucking I gave it a D for dude. <laughs> it, it, it's just it's just not it wasn't good. Even even the stuff with me. Well, I never think the stuff with me is any good, but yeah, I, I just yeah, it wasn't any. If I don't have a full page of notes, it's not great. And uh, now, are we getting ready to segue into the ham bone of the week? We are. Chad Chad gets to be the man to pick. As everybody knows, we have a new tradition here on Reliving the Extreme. Every single week, one of us, Yahoo's, gets to pick the ham bone of the week. And we, we, don't have, we, we don't have like a, um, like a bumper or anything? Like any oh, sort of... Oh. Oh, buddy, I'm looking for something. <laughs> Believe me, I was actually. It's funny that you said that because I was looking today to try to find some kind of a of a thing that I can put in here when we do the ham bone of the week. Because I mean, if, if this is my first opportunity to pick the ham bone of the week, you know, <laughs> I really had to look look hard because there were so many people on <laughs> on the show that we watched that definitely represent ham bone, pork shoulder, and ham. They they. they <laughs> They represent all, all, all things. But the person that I'm gonna that I'm gonna nominate and say is the the ham bone of the week is the love of my life, Jess, because <laughs> she never got me up on Friday night to do the show when we were, we were supposed <laughs> to do the show, and that was the only thing that she had to do <laughs> the whole entire night. Nothing, nothing to do. You could smoke all the blunts you wanted. You, you know, you could do all anything you wanted. All I asked you to do was get me up in time to do the show. And she totally fucking said, oh, I, you know, I'd, I'd rather be hambone. <laughs> and so therefore, I, that's why I asked you if I could use my creative liberties. Because you know, anybody on the show could have been hambone. I mean, come on. I mean, Jesus. Jesus. You know. She's almost not. She, 
he's almost an expired Hambo. But, but yeah, my my choice goes to the lovely Miss Jessica. She's my Hambo of the week because she had one job was to wake me up to do the show, and she couldn't do it. Well, Jess, welcome to the elite of the elite. You are right there with Jason, the the, the sexiest man alive, and Jay Sully so far as Hambones of the Week. Jason, Jay Sully, and Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> so so what? What? Uh, Aaron, next week you're going to pick JT Smith? <laughs> well, I'm just excited because now we can actually have somebody that can give, when we do the, hall, the Hambone Hall of Fame, we got somebody that can actually do like like an A induction speech. speech. Oh, what? Who? JT Smith? No, Jessica. Oh, <laughs> lady, she can give us a speech. <laughs> I thought I thought it was gonna be JT Smith. Save you, man. Be <laughs> my dog be liquid. Your dog be balls. <laughs> yeah, Je- Jess is the handbone of the week. It's all she had to do at at a, at a twenty four hours of the day and fifteen minutes. All she had to do was go. Hey, honey, you're doing a show tonight. I already had the notes. I already had everything written down, ready to go. Or, you know, no, nothing. And then she goes, I am so sorry. Like, I got to tell these two guys that live in Ohio that you're sorry that you couldn't wake me up. Oh, shit. <laughs> I did not see that one coming. Good hand bone of the week, Chad. <laughs> Good job. Good job. She appreciates it, she said. Everybody, before we sign off this week, I do want to encourage you, if you have not yet, to check out WrestleNet Radio. It is 24-7, 365 wrestling talk that you can listen to on your cellular device. Download the app in the Google Play Store for Android. And, of course, join our Reliving the Extreme group on Facebook, if you have not yet. Join us for Reliving the Extreme and the We Can't Wrestle podcast as well. Chad, anything you want to say? Anything you want to plug before we get the hell out of here this week? Nope. Just find me on Facebook, and then if you want, if you want old school wrestling videos, check out Chad's Video Vault. It's a private group, but I'll add you. And I sell a lot of uh, old. I, I just came across some California stuff from '77 to '79. Mm. That I was fortunate to come across, but yeah, that's about it. All right, Aaron. Yep. Just keep listening to all the shows, supporting the Facebook pages and all that good shit. And thank you guys for listening and not making us the bottom of the barrel of the wrestling podcast or right in the well, middle. That's Archie Mitchell's that's nonsense. <laughs> that's what Archie does. Nobody can smell that shit. <laughs> he lives too far away from listeners. <laughs> thank you for joining us, everybody. And we'll see you next week on Reliving the Extreme. Have a fantastic week. Reliving the Extreme is a production of Maxin Out Media, all rights reserved.